Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. It is so exciting to be here with you each week. Um, I treasure the time that we have. And if you're not listening to me here live in Vero Beach, Florida on Waxy or um, nationally on iHeartRadio, hopefully you're enjoying it on one of the many methods of um, podcasts that you can catch me on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Let me know which way you're listening to it and which episodes are your favorite. I have a funny feeling that today's episode is going to be one of my top podcasts. And it's not just because I've got three amazing people sitting across from me in the desk, which we know is very unusual since my guests call in from all over the world. But these guys are local, and I've been working with them since June to help me get my health back under control. And medicine wasn't working, and it was suggested by Dr. Nancy Baker here in town that I consider a nutritional look at it. And I got connected to the folks at Relentless Dietetics who are here today, and they've actually gotten me eating more food, which most of the time I struggle getting in all the calories and and food that they want me to get in, but I've lost 20 pounds since June. I go up and down a few pounds, but they're getting me to shift my thinking around it. So today we have Dr. Trevor Cashy, uh, Jonathan Montgomery, and Nick Peterson here in the studio with me. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Pleasure to be here. It's, it's exciting to have somebody number one in studio because it's, just, it's a different kind of listening for, from my perspective because, you know, I don't have the phone going on where I might have, you know, um, cell phone signals and all sorts of other things going on. And I could tell you some stories about some of the things that have happened when I've had guests on the thing, you know, the dogs barking, the kids crying, the awesome. cell phone going out. I mean, it's, it's live real radio. Life. Real well, life. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's that. real life. It's, we left the kids and dogs. You should have brought them. It would have made this even more fascinating. Next time. (laughs) They brought me close enough. (laughs) That's actually quite true from what I understand. (laughs) That's what they tell me too. Um, So the three of you and a number of other people make up Relentless Dietetics. So who's the best person to start? Is it uh, Dr. Cashy, Nick, Jonathan, about how is relentless dietetics so different than just going on a diet? Well, Nick actually got the ball rolling on the business standpoint, so I think he'd be appropriate for that, and then we can move along down the line. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, so it was probably um, four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago, I got in contact with Dr. Cash <laughs> and realized the way he does. Uh, and I was looking for nutritional intervention myself. Um, realized he does things different, and uh, being a gym owner with, Three, four hundred members. Um, as I started changing, my habits started changing, my mindset started changing. Uh, a lot of people started asking, like, hey, who's this Dr. Cashy guy? Um, where is he from? What is he doing? A lot of the medical uh, professionals were really interested in what he was doing. So he put on a seminar, and uh, what he does is so different that it was kind of like a, a rally cry to, hey, get him to move down here. So uh, we really did what we could to do so. And then uh, Jonathan was also working with him, and, and we all just kind of connected and said, hey, I think we could do something special given the population here in Vero Beach especially and given the the uh, the method that he, he developed more as a – not as a nutritionist but as a scientist, and it's really interesting. So he – him and Jonathan know much more about the process. Um, me, I just, I just did what I could. I saw what he does is different, 
And I really wanted to bring it here. Okay. So you started out as a gym owner. Correct. And, you know, I, I look at the three of you and go, nice. <laughs> I mean, it's very obvious that you guys work out and you're physically fit. But what's also obvious is that there's something more than just a bunch of guys working out. Because I, the woman who put my braces on, Dr. Kay Betancourt, she works out in your gym. She is not muscle bound. She just is so amazingly fit, but yet herself. And so, in, and that's where the work that Dr. Cashy's doing around the macronutrients makes that big difference. I, I would say we're we're first and foremost quality of life people, which is which is really what our whole program is designed around. And uh, given not so much macronutrients, not everybody has macronutrients, for example. But given that structure, so I'm special al- allows them. You are definitely special. <laughs> Absolutely, um, it allows them to live comfortably within their parameters. Okay, so we just structure and then live the highest quality of life you can within this structure. And uh, the structure is determined again by these two here, but uh, it, it's clarity and peace of mind that none of this other stuff matters until you have this structure. Okay, and they don't have to worry about. Carbohydrates, fat, low fat, this, low fat, that, eating after 6 p.m. Like, if that's not part of their structure, they don't have to worry about it. And it allows them to become happy and vibrant and focus on family and things that, that really matter to us. So, it's about incorporating health and eating into your life, not about making your life fit the other parts. It's figuring out that, that balanced way, that, that middle way. That it becomes almost instinctual. Yeah, I'm not there yet, exactly but instinctual. So okay. Like when you, when you look at clinical nutrition specifically, clinical nutrition specifically, having gone through that process, you see almost all of it is extremely prescriptive. You need to eat these things at this time, do these things, get this many nutrients, yada yada yada. And the difference with this process is that we look at what you're already doing, and all the changes that are made are based off of what your current habits already are. And over a period of time, you make a small amount of changes on a frequent basis, and you never end up turning your life upside down in order to make the changes you need to make. Okay. So if you're in a certain position and you know that you need to eventually get to this point, you're going to take tiny steps to get there, not just get a sheet of paper that says follow this or else. So the slight edge principle. More or less. It definitely compounds. I love love the slight edge, by the way. Jeff Olson's great. Um, John David Mann is the co-author with that. He's mm-hmm. a personal friend of right. mine. Excellent. So he's, he's just so cool. I re- I'm actually rereading The Slight Edge right now because uh, Jonathan keeps telling me one gram at a time, right? I have a we have a member that, that was going through a very specific struggles, and, and I brought her in just to give her a copy of, uh, of The Slight Edge, and, and it's been tremendous for her. So it's awesome. It's great. Yeah, it's a, it's a great book. Now, um, Trevor, Dr. Cashy. You have a degree in biochemistry. I mean, you got your your PhD in biochemistry at what twenty four or something? Twenty three. Twenty three. Who's counting? Who's counting? (laughs) So, what made you go this route with the work that you're doing? I mean, you're a a champion bodybuilder, strongman competitions, all of those things. You've consulted with um, Ironman and strongman competitions all around, and Olympians, I think, as well. So how did you decide this is where your focus was going to be? So it's it's really awesome for me because as my background as a scientist, I, I really start from the bottom up rather than the top down, which is kind of a typical clinical approach. You present with this, here's the answer to what you're presented with. And 
And when it comes to biochemistry, it's kind of intuitively based into nutrition because it is the science of metabolism. So what happens to molecules in your body after you consume them? Well, in the grand scheme, that's really just food. So I was studying food on the molecular level rather than the macro level. Like instead of sandwiches, it's glucose. Okay. So you're breaking it down yeah. to its components. And it's just, it's just a, a view of the same thing from a different window. And looking at nutrition from this way, a lot of it started actually with my father. He came into my life when I was a little bit older and we didn't have much in common with each other. So we, we trained together. And as we got into training pretty heavily as a means of bonding, it kind of intertwined with my science background. And that's really what ended up, you know, kind of blossoming into what it is now. Well, what I found so fascinating the, the first day I, I showed up there was all you wanted me to do was log everything yeah. I ate. Yep. But you didn't want to know what I ate. You wanted me to log what I ate and bro- break it down into proteins, carbs, and fats. And then I, I, you know, I was all set and ready to give you, here's every single thing I ate. You know, I, I had an egg, I had a chocolate chip cookie, I had whatever, Mm because I, it doesn't help if you're not honest. That philosophy to me is so different than what any other diet book will ever tell you. It's, you can't eat this, you can't eat that, you must only eat those kind of things. So um, Jonathan, when you start talking to people about that, why do you feel that that makes such a radical difference for people? You know, vilification and eliminating entire food groups or macronutrients is kind of like a, a, a quick way to solve a problem. If you tell someone they can't have something, it works great until they replace that void with something else. What we look at, and it comes heavily from PhD and biochemistry's background, as you just explained, looking at things at a, a, a molecular or chemical level is really overall energy is going to matter far more than the composition of that. Until we can get that relegated and steady and get you in a, in a position to actually execute a plan, the plan doesn't matter. We've got to get you the ability to execute it. And honestly, at the end of the day, calories are going to be king when it comes to certain compositional changes that most people are after. But the right kind of calories. That really depends on the goal. Okay. You know, the right kind is going to be different for everybody. Um, Outside of a particular allergic reaction, um, sensitivity, the composition doesn't matter nearly as much as the amount. And that's something that is kind of difficult for people to grasp because they've heard so long, good calories, bad calories, good carbs, bad carbs. At the end of the day, quantity is going to trump quality when it comes to compositional change. Well, I remember when my first sheets were coming in after you guys had given me numbers, macros to work with, I kept saying, well, but you know, the carbs, I was running over on my carbs and I said, but my carbs are all fruits and veggies. And you guys, you go, it doesn't matter. It's still a carb. Absolutely. (laughs) And that was such a life change in thinking for me because I was like, well, I'm eating veggies and, and I'm having like fruit. It doesn't matter. You can only have this many yeah. of that. You really need to get your proteins up, which was very hard for me because the other stuff was easier to eat with the braces. Yep. So, um, okay. So we're going to be going into our, our first commercial break. And I am sitting here with Nick Peterson, Dr. Trevor Cashy, and Jonathan Montgomery from Relentless Dietetics. And we're talking about a different way of thinking about your health your weight, and your life. 
I'm excited to have the guys here. I've been working with them since June, and I'm down close to 20 pounds. I kind of go up and down a little bit. And they've got me even thinking differently about that up and down on the scale. And I know a lot of my listeners out there, it's something you struggle with. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. Welcome back, everyone. So we were starting to talk a little bit about structure. And the way you guys talk about structure when it comes to the way you work at Relentless Dietetics is very different from like the Atkins, the Weight Watchers, the all of the the major diet plans. So who would like to take talking about structure? Jonathan can take that over again, I think. Okay, yeah. cool. You know, honestly, when it when it comes to structure, we, we kind of touched on it before, but, but our goal is to not make your lifestyle fit a plan, but help you find a plan that fits your lifestyle. And when it comes to structure, again, we kind of want to build on the foundation you've already established. What are your habits? Um, if they're fantastic, great. If they need a little work, great. We find that out during our process when we start, you know, interviewing each other and working together. But when it comes to structure, we're not necessarily concerned with conventional, you need to eat three meals and two snacks. We want you to celebrate milestones in your day. You know, everybody wakes up, everybody goes to bed, everybody has a break somewhere in between. So we want to make sure we celebrate those milestones and start developing structure as it comes down to, you know, what fits into your day. You know, if we can start defining these moments that you celebrate, whether it's getting up, driving to work, having a break in the day, exercising, going to bed, watching TV, whatever it is, we can start working within your day and try to help find ways that you can adjust your intake to kind of celebrate those milestones. And that's a big thing when it comes to structure with us is what can we do in the existing structure, not flip your day around, not turn everything around, but slowly, incrementally kind of add little steps we can do to continue to kind of help you shape your process. Now, what is it about that? that you've figured out makes it so successful? Is it just because people don't have to will it because it's working with their structure? Or is that harder for some people because their habits were not good habits? So now they're, they're still stuck. The, the habit, the habit thing is very interesting. And since we, we take a total energy balance standpoint in all of this, the habits are kind of independent of the amount of the amount of total amount of calories you consume. So your habits really do make a difference if you don't keep track of what you're eating. But if you do keep track of what you're eating, so long as you consume everything you need within the day, when you eat it does not matter. If you do not keep track of what you're eating, then what you do during the day will dictate how much you eat at certain times based off of how you feel, what the weather is, whether you're stressed out, anything of that nature will dictate how much food you consume. But if you know I need this many calories before the day is out, however you end up consuming those is not as important. Okay, so that also goes against common thinking that you need to be eating throughout the day to keep your blood sugar levels all nice and even and and hormonal levels for us women and, and stuff like that. I know my biggest problem, Jonathan, I talk about this all the time. My eating schedule is so crazy and haphazard because I can't always find foods on the road that I can eat with the braces and stuff right now. So I, I'll just not eat right. until I can get somewhere because I can't yep. just eat nuts or, or something like that. And then I can feel my sugars right. wonk out. And a, a person that does not control how many calories they consume in total, if they skip a meal, they're going to more than double their next one. Okay. And that ends up really compounding over time. 
So by us saying we don't really care when you eat, you end up self-regulating. If you skip a oh, meal and say, oh, I feel crummy, <laughs> you're going to say, oh, I feel crummy. Then the next day, maybe you won't skip a meal. Okay. And we allow this exploration. You will find out what to do on your own. We will not tell you what to do because as a grown, intelligent woman, you can make the decision, I feel bad. I'm not going to do that again. Okay. And that's a position that we take when it comes to auto-regulating this sort of structure. So you're, you're not dictating, but in a way, you're guiding with what you've seen are some principles that over time will work. Yes. It's about shifting mindset into something versus willpower. Absolutely. And, and as you pointed out, what happens on those days when you're driving around and, and running around and skipping meals, what happens by the end of the day when you, when you look at what you've got left to eat kind of becomes self-limiting. You know it's going to be very difficult. The amount of food, you know, in your case specifically, that we ask you to eat, and you, you compare it to before, it's more food. The amount of food is not the problem. Eating it all throughout the day isn't the problem, but eating it all at once can be pretty daunting. Right. And so that's where Dr. Cashew just mentioned it becomes self-limiting. Skip enough meals, have to have to cram as many calories in, in the day, you eventually start finding those milestones throughout the day. And when you have a couple good days and one of those busy days comes up, you start to realize that as it's coming. And over time, you'll continue to kind of develop strategies to prevent them from occurring. Um, you know, mistakes, life's going to throw you curves. Things are going to happen. As long as we learn something from them, we can continue to build on them. And it calls back on that slow and steady progress. It's not the rate that matters. It's the direction of change. If we can continue to steadily make improvements over time, then we're going to continue to make changes. Okay. Nick, you look like you wanted to say something. No, I was going to point out the, the conversation we had beforehand about willpower versus mindset and habit and, and, Part of the part of the process is making you struggle with it. Like Trevor said, like you're gonna have to make adult decisions. And when when you have to struggle with things and you kind of figure it out on your own, it does become a mindset. If we say eat at six AM, noon, three, it's gonna be willpower and you're gonna lose. You know, so we help you develop the mindset by making you struggle within your parameters. You might skip a meal one day, have to force feed yourself all your food. And then make a better decision the next day. And that's going to change your mindset when six months later you're 20 pounds lighter and you realize what's important and what's not. So it's, it's, it requires over time less willpower if we let you struggle now. Because willpower is exhausting. Correct. It uses up yep. so much brain power to will yourself to do something versus something that just becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. And, and you have to struggle with these things a little bit for it to become part of you. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed that. <laughs> It's really it's really set up, you know, kind of based off of the tenets of sort of like a self-determination theory sort of standpoint where we try and kind of mobilize your inner motivational resources instead of us kind of pointing a finger at you. We kind of put the mirror in front of you and you know how to look at yourself in a way that these are where my holes are. This is where I feel crummy. And you make the plan on your own to make the adjustments you need in order to feel better. And we kind of act like bumpers in the bowling alley. Oh, that, that's an interesting analogy. I remember that as a little kid. You had the bumpers in the bowling alley, yeah. so you couldn't derail. Right. So you, you know? might bump left, right, but you're still going the right direction. That's a great way of describing the support system Yeah. at, at Relentless, which I've never had anywhere else I've ever gone. You know, I, I feel like I can just really write what's going on for me, and the response back is not – designed to make me feel guilty, not to, not judgmental or anything like that. And that's, I think, the only reason why I've been able to get through all of my injuries and 
the yeah. lose the you, weight. Yeah, you may even find that your questions are responded to with more questions. Oh, all the time, and I love that because right. I'm all about the questions. Exactly. Yep. And it's really you already know. You yeah. just got to tell it to yourself. Yeah, and it's an acceptance too, yeah. right? Um, I don't know what it is with some of your other clients, but where have you noticed that there tends to be a commonality around acceptance of, okay, we're just going to do this? You know, personal accountability is, is one of the biggest things we're, we're proponents of. Um, and anytime you want to deviate, you have that option. We're not going to tell you about cheat days or, or any time when it's okay. You get to determine how far you want to deviate as long as you accept the outcome of that responsibility. There's going to be enough birthdays, parties, anniversaries, Tuesdays where you just don't want to do something. You're going to manufacture your own cheat days. That's one of the reasons we focus so much on habits is everybody does great with a plan. Eat tuna and twigs for six months. Everybody knows what to do. Eat less, move more. You know, everyone's heard it before. Um, invest wisely. You'll be wealthy. That's great. How many self-made millionaires do we all know? The thing is, is knowing what to do. You know, education isn't the problem. Clarity is the issue. You know, separating wheat from chaff, sorting through white noise and finding a plan that works for you. That's where we're kind of really big on that. And part of that is accepting the responsibility for your outcome. Everybody does great. You know, Mike Tyson, everyone does great. Everyone has a plan to get punched in the mouth. You know, when things aren't going wrong, when the chicken and rice flies off the roof, when you drive down the road, you have to have that ability to swing into a gas station, a fast food restaurant, call an audible. And we're here to kind of give you the tool set to do that. I love that. The fact that you're talking about call an audible, because there's so much great work that you guys are doing here in town with that, that can transfer anywhere you're going. So when we come back from the news break, um, we're here with the folks from Relentless Dietetics, and we're going to be talking about what macronutrients are and how you can begin incorporating some of the ideas they have into your daily life. We'll be right back with more about It's All the Questions. Welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us here live on the air on Waxy here in Vero Beach or iHeartRadio nationally, if you're on the podcast, there was no national news for you. You just jumped right back in, and I love having you guys here. So we're talking with Dr. Trevor Cashy, um, Jonathan Montgomery and Nick Peterson, they founded and have run um, Relentless Dietetics, who has been helping me get a handle on my nutritional and physical health. And um, before the break, we were talking about structure and, and how it's about finding what works inside your life, not adjusting your life. I mean, unless somebody's life is so completely out of whack that the best thing in the world to do is start having them change you know, if they're highly destructive, obviously you don't want to work with that, but you guys figure out a way to, to slight edge them, to change them one kind of thing at a time. I've mentioned macronutrients. It's something that you guys talk about a lot, protein, carbs, and fats. What exactly is that? And why is it important for people to at least be thinking about them? So I think there's been a lot of I guess hoopla in the last 10 years or so as far as like quality of calories. I think uh, Gary Tobbs was one of the, the pundits of calorie quality. And a lot of that comes from the fact that, yes, food contains calories. Those calories can get used and stored as energy. And those calories are distributed into three components. And those components are proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. And the distribution of your protein, carbohydrate, and fat in the grand scheme may have uh, an, an, uh, a direct impact on what your health is. And we are huge advocates of being able to distribute these calories in a way that is right for you, barring you can consume a similar amount of total calories every day. So having a good distribution of protein, carbohydrate, and fat is good, 
but you need to be able to consume a certain amount of food before we put, you know, we don't want to put the cart in front of the horse. We can say eat this many proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, but that might be kind of an advanced step for some people who might not even know what a protein is. So what is a protein? So a protein is really, it's a, a molecule that's made up of amino acids and amino acids are biochemicals that are used to create things like enzymes, antibodies, yeah. muscles, all sorts of all the physiological stuff, na- like like nanomachines in the body, so to speak. Okay, so they're building blocks for the body yeah. to work so with. Amino acids are, are what are called monomers, and a protein would be a polymer, which would be links of these monomers together. And there are, you know, like 22 of these amino acids, and the order that they are constructed in gives you the three-dimensionality of the molecule. And that three-dimensionality of the molecule begets the function of that molecule. Okay. So protein is critical to the body functioning at its optimal because it uses it as building blocks. Now, I have a lot of listeners that are vegan, and most people tend to think of proteins as coming from an animal. So like chicken, beef, fish, all that kind of stuff. But there's protein... In virtually everything, That right? is absolutely correct. There is protein in everything. Now, in order to get the amount of protein that would be considered healthy for you from broccoli, you might need to consume so much broccoli that you might have, you know, mechanical issues, yeah. let's just say. <laughs> That's a very nice way of right. putting yeah, it. it. Is a and and way. kind of like in terms of calorie distribution, you have protein, carbohydrate, and fat. You may also have a protein distribution where the amino acids that make up that protein want to be in line with the sort of physiology that you have. Okay. And then I, 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 from a business standpoint, I've started to think of what are the business macronutrients? So proteins, carbs, and fats, how do they relate to business, you know, in terms of finance, people, products, that kind of stuff. Carbohydrates are something that most of us love eating, right, because they're, they're simple. We're talking cakes and cookies and pastas and breads and things oh, like that. On but <laughs> there's also vegetables or carbohydrates. Well, I, I want to right? clarify that what a lot of people consider <gasps> carb foods – are actually carbohydrate and fat foods. They're okay. high calories, not high carbohydrate. If you talk about rice potato, that's your carbohydrate source. You're talking about pizza Donut. and donuts and cake, that's probably half fat. Okay, that's fascinating. Yeah, and, that's, and that's something to consider. Those in, are my mom's of, and two now we're, we're going from total calories to calorie distribution to calorie density. And okay. that's when, when everybody finds a lot of success by magically removing carbohydrates. Yeah, I no longer eat pasta and pizza and donuts. What's the pasta have? Alfredo sauce on it? Massive caloric impact from fat. Same thing with donuts. Same thing from, you know, I quit having, you know, insert a pastry here. What's it made with? Butter. You know, there's a lot of fat. They're calorically dense foods, not necessarily carbohydrate. And that's where sometimes the vilification of macronutrients turns out to be a big problem is people don't really understand the distribution of the foods they they consider evil when they eliminate it. Cut out a large pizza a day. You're not only just cutting out carbohydrates, you're cutting out a lot of fat, a lot of protein and a lot of calories as well. Okay. So it's not as simple as most people think. It's a matter of breaking down. If you look at pasta, pastas are typically, if they're a homemade pasta, they're made out of eggs and water and flour. So in and of itself, it's not a bad thing. No. It's when you start putting something other than fresh tomatoes on top of it or well, chicken or something. It, it and starts you either account up. for that energy or you do not. Okay. Really? Yeah. So, so Nick, you know, for you, when you started your gym and you, you met Dr. Kashi, it was a complete change in, not a complete change because you're, you're into fitness and you're into health, but how did this thinking around food change your life? 
it it was a complete change again because because being into fitness and health and and whatever would be considered whatever would be considered common knowledge now is uh is similar to Jonathan we've been through similar paths is low carb high carb um not a lot of consideration for calories so it, it was a drastic change um actually structuring and and having a a uh, calorie count if you will and uh food sources and things like that i actually had a i had a a question and and one of his suggestions was like i like macaroni and cheese and i was i can't eat that you know like that's not healthy and why not and it really made me think about like well why not look at the label count the calories do the math the macronutrients add up i don't know why not and it it really it shifts the focus to the main thing like do you know how many calories you're eating or uh, do you know what the main thing is? Do you know what you're supposed to focus on? And if you don't, we should probably figure that out. Okay, so what's the main thing? For what in, in particular? It, it, does it vary? It varies per person what the main thing is they need to be thinking of, whether it's calories so. or, oh, yeah, or macros. Or... It's, it's always a moving goalpost. Okay. You know, your main thing could be completely different from someone else's main thing. A competitive triathlete needs a lot more focus on individuals and particulars than a professional desk athlete. It just all runs a continuum, you know, always professional desk athlete. That's, they that's, exist. that's great. Okay. They exist. <laughs> um, you that's know, jockey. and as Nick says, the main thing's the main thing for everyone. The main thing, well, what's your goal? If your goal is overall changes in body composition, well, there's some main things there. If your goal is to summit Mount Rainier, there's going to be a different main thing. And that's kind of why there's not a one-size-fits-all approach that's going to work for everybody. Because as your goal changes, as the main thing changes, we're always chasing that moving goalpost. And that is the same thing with everyone's main thing. Um, Yeah, human physiology is going to dictate overall energy. It's probably going to determine whether you accumulate tissue or whether you're in a deficit. But as you progress from your ability to can you feed yourself, can you make a meal, can you eat X times? Can you eat X calories? Can you eat X calories of this distribution? These can are all main you, things, by the way. Can you time That's it? A- you can see all those main things have changed. You know, there's a big difference between running a marathon and tying your shoes on the couch, but they all have to become prioritized. So it really goes back to the old adage of you have to crawl before you walk, before you run, before you sprout wings and circumnavigate the globe. Okay. really have to, the main thing is going to change. And that's it. We're here to kind of keep helping the main thing change. I know when I first started with you guys and you had me um, write up everything that I was eating and, and submit it to you guys. And I had been through doctor after doctor telling me, well, you need to eat less. You need to eat less. You need to eat less. You're just not eating. You're eating too much. And that's why you're, you're fat or while well, you're starting to go through the menopause changes. So it's hormonal and there's nothing you can do. And I'm like, I'm telling you guys, I'm not eating that much. I know what I'm eating and I'm not eating that much. And when I sent you over my first couple of trackers, you said you're eating under 800 calories a day between 500 and 800 a day. And you made me realize that I was pretty much shutting my body down because I wasn't eating enough, but yet I was feeling like I was overeating. Your body was made to be more efficient. And, and, I, it, and you became more efficient. We want two miles to the gallon, not 50 miles to the right. gallon. Right. We don't want smart cars. We're looking for diesel. Yeah. yeah. And so it's taken me seven months now to build up to um, 1,100 consistently. <laughs> and you want me at 1,200, and at 1,100, I'm like gagging, you know, because 
it's a mental thing as well as a physical thing. My body just doesn't know how to process and absorb all those different things. So it's, it's kind of exciting to learn a new way of thinking with all of those main things. So my listeners out there know that if you're struggling with your weight and your health, it may not be what X person is saying or what Y person is saying. It may be what A person or B person or C is saying. You need to find what works for you, right, is what you guys are saying. I think the the most important thing for everybody and really the main thing is uh, where, where a lot of people drop the ball, whether it be clinical or just nutritionists in general, is finding out where you're at. So people are saying, hey, you eat too little. How do you know that? Right. So we had you track your food and that, that gives us a lot of uh, before anybody can tell you what direction to go, they have to know where you're at. And that is the where, where most people drop the ball is, hey, eat less carbs. You don't know how many carbs I eat. How could you give me that direction? Right. So for most people, the main thing is going to be before you take directions, make sure you know where you're at and where you're going. Now, I had um, he wrote a book called Ready, Set, Achieve, and he went from 300 pounds to a professional champion bodybuilder in a year. And, he, you know, like with almost zero body fat, by changing certain small things at a time and, and committing to them in the mindset, you guys would love Yuri. He's a, he's a lot of fun. Total desk athlete originally, you know, geek Absolutely. like me, worked at Microsoft and started shifting things. And I had him on my show and we were talking about these philosophies and I was telling him about you guys, and he's like, yeah, I'm so glad you found guys locally cool. that could help you do that. Cool. We'll be right back with more from the guys at Relentless Dietetics, but I want you to think about where are you at today, and where do you want to be? Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. All right, so everybody who's listening would probably just laugh at the conversation I just had where I was talking about Jessica, who's been helping me out, as well as Jonathan. We've just kind of made a little shift over there. And she asked me a lot of questions, and I admitted to the guys here that I'm avoiding answering them. You've got to be honest. For for a lot of reasons, you know, um, including the fact that it's really hard to keyboard because my hand's really bad right now. But... You said maybe she's asked too many questions. Maybe we need to back off and have her not quite ask quite so many. So my listeners know that I am all about the questions and I like to ask a lot. But I think that's important to talk about. Sometimes you can get so overwhelmed by the questions and the information that people need from you or that you need for yourself that you freeze. So how do you deal with something like that? The uh, whole analysis paralysis. Um, a lot of people think, you know, they're asking questions. They think that's the answer, but they're, they're asking the wrong questions. You know, do you want to know how the pancreas works or do you want to look better in a bikini? Science will not help you with the latter. And um, I think a lot of times is some people, they, they do, they, they get the paralysis. They ask so many questions and, and even if they get the answer, they don't know if they have the answer. It's not the right question they were asking. It all falls back to keeping the main thing the main thing. We address one thing at a time, you know, and if, if enough questions get asked or enough situations get presented, sometimes getting asked those questions back makes you think. And sometimes when you think, you kind of answer your own questions and maybe you don't like the answer. And that's where I think some of that comes into play. Two kind of different issues. Are you asking the right question? 
And when you start answering them, how do you feel about your answers? You, you would know? think I set him up for my book and everything because he just like described the entire book and the whole show is all about asking the right questions because the answers don't matter if you don't ask the right question. Absolutely. A wise man taught me that. He's uh, sitting over here. Right right. next to you over there, winking at you. Yeah. (laughs) So I I think that's important to, when it comes to health, is learning what the right questions are to ask and what the next steps are that somebody needs to take. But what if somebody does not know the right questions? I know you guys are doing something really cool right now, and I want to make sure that everybody locally and and nationally and internationally is aware of what you guys are offering. So for the next, because we we really want to show the power of clarity. I mean, just knowing what to do and taking those steps is, is like Jonathan alluded to earlier. It's not about education. It's about clarity. What do I do? So we're taking as much time as possible over the next uh, couple of weeks, hopefully, and uh, donating 15 minute phone call to anybody. So if any of the listeners want to get their next steps, what do I need to do? Uh, they can register online. They'll Where? fill out a, uh, it'll be at relentlessdietetics.com. Okay. And they'll fill out a short application that'll allow us to get something done during that phone call. And we'll just give you the next steps. We will tell you, you'll tell us where you're at via the application. And we'll just donate the time to tell you this is what you need to do. And uh, we're pretty confident that clarity alone is going to is going to relieve a lot of stress. and You're going to see some progress and and feel a lot better. I I have to encourage everybody who's listening, whether it's on podcasts, because, as you know, guys, some of my listeners may not listen to it right now in live. So they may listen to it in two weeks or something. So if you go to relentlessdietetics.com and you fill it out, say you heard about it on my show. okay, so that they know that you're coming in from there in case it's outside the window. Um, that would be, yeah. Really and there, there will be a, how did you hear about us box? So just fill it in, heard on the radio, um, ask the right questions and, uh, we'll make sure we donate the time and, and show you the power of, of clarity and, and just knowing what to do so that you can turn off your brain and do it. Okay. Um, Trevor, Dr. Cashy, what is one thing that you think is one of the biggest takeaways from the work that you do with your clients? Ooh, that is a very interesting question. That's a good one. What is it? Can you repeat the question? (laughs) Yeah, repeat it. Okay, so, and and I'm going to be asking each of you guys this. So, what is one of the biggest takeaways you've gotten from working with your clients? Ooh, personally speaking, there's just a a relationship building component that I didn't know ever existed in my life. I spent 10 years in a basement hunched over a microscope, you know, and... uh, he made the joke about the pancreas versus the bikini. I was the pancreas guy. Okay. And moving here gave me the capacity to work one-on-one, and that just helped develop me in a, as a person in a way I could never describe. So my takeaways are almost entirely selfish. <laughs> like I've, my just, I'm such a happier person now. Because of all the, the relationship stuff yeah, that's being able Yeah, being able to interact with people instead of books and data – because a lot of this is done via distance. And before before I came down here, I was exclusively distance. So people would just send me numbers and I would send them numbers back. And that made people numbers. And then I, I came here and was able to interact with people in person and people weren't numbers anymore. And it, did it change things for you, your numbers for you that it, no, now all of a sudden there's a person? It there? changed me as a person, but okay. it didn't change how I operated. Okay. The, the information is still extremely important to me, but my capacity to appreciate the types of changes that these numbers make is much higher than it was before. 
it's not plus one minus one. It is this person is now a different person than they were before. Just like I'm a different person than I was before. That's very cool. Jonathan. Uh, you know, take all the good answers over there. <laughs> um, for me, my background outside of spending 10 years playing rock and roll and touring in a band. Um, I came from the fire service. I actually resigned from the fire service to start this with these two guys and packed my family up and sold our house and moved over here to do this. Um, and you know, the fire service obviously start that job because you have a passion for helping people. And what I've found by actually being able to get in front of emergencies and not just respond to emergencies and not just see somebody on their absolute worst day, but spend 12, 24 weeks, 52 weeks, years with people and see the impacts that you can have on their lives just by positively encouraging them to do things that, that increase their quality of life is just, it's kind of not the words for it. It's like Trevor said, it just kind of changes you as a person to realize that the, the cliche that we are here to help people, you know, we want to make that difference. It's not, it, it really is why we do what we do. It is why we get up in the morning and why when the alarm goes off at five o'clock, we're not, you know, cursing, we're actually excited to get to the office and, and doesn't mean by the time we end the day, sometimes we're not cursing, you know, but at the same time, we're excited to do what we do. And I think it's really great to be able to kind of share that long-term change with people, see them, whether it's look good in a bikini or whether it's walked around Disney the first time with their kids, you know, whatever it is, we can help people. We work with all different walks of lives and seeing everybody have that commonality of increasing quality of life is very, very, no, excuse me, very powerful. I love that. Prevent emergencies rather than respond to them. It's yeah. uh, it's powerful. Yeah. All right, let's give Nick a chance to chime in before the end of the show. Yeah, I, it's hard to follow up those two. Um, <laughs> for me, it's really it's really re-exploring the things that make people happy. And it does go back to asking the right questions and setting the right goals. Um, we have a lot of people, it's been four years now, where they want to change their body and their bodies change dramatically. Tremendous improvements, tremendous changes, and their mindset does not. And they're not happy. So you really we have to explore and we have to look into what do they actually want? What is actually going to make them happy? Um, I think it's been different for all of us because we all just kind of think you hit your numbers, you do what you're told, you have abs and you're happy. Um, that doesn't work for everybody. So it's really been exploring what do they actually want so that they'll be happy, so that they'll stay with us, so that they'll say good things about us because we do have people that change. Everybody else sees it and they don't. So it's really been been a lot of what we do. A lot of what Jessica does is uh, work on the mindset. So you do change, but you also see yourself changing. Find the why. Right. Find the why. That's that's my favorite question in the world. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are every Sunday at Einstein Brothers Bagels um, in Vero Beach on US One as well. You can get some free coffee there as well. Thank you guys for being here today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, thank, thank you. you. And thank most you. of all, I really appreciate how you've helped me change the way I look at myself physically look at myself and, and that's the greatest gift that's what that it's all about can give. Keep it going yeah, Thank yeah. You for that so remember everybody the right questions truly can change your life so what are you asking today you've been listening to it's all about the questions starring laura stewart connect with laura at it's all about the and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today 